Welcome to the ABOP Podcast. ABOP is the Alliance of Black Orchestral Percussionists, a nonprofit organization that focuses on mentoring future generations of black percussionists. My name is Raynor Carroll. I am your host and an ABOP founder. Thank you for joining us for this special podcast, part two of a conversation with the legend, Professor Johnny Lee Lane. Joining me as co-host is one of Professor Lane's former students, Dr. Don Parker. Don is chair and professor of music at Georgia College and State University. We now continue with our conversation with Don asking about the U.S. percussion camp. This is actually a, a nice little feed into, you know, the whole idea of the United States percussion camp. And and, and who were, now tell me this, who were the, the, the so-called founders with you? Who are the people that kind of really were the foundation for helping you to get that going besides the idea that was already in your head? It was in my, my head because they came to me and said, one of the music education ladies, I think she was pushed to come talk to me. Hey, you should do a percussion camp. And I go like, <laughs> I said, I don't want to do no percussion camp. They said, oh, you should consider that. And, and I started considering it. And then I went to Joe Martin and, and he asked me, he said, what do you want? I said, say, in my mind, I want a hands-on percussion camp. I said, I don't want kids to sit in them with a tablet and, and watch somebody do a clinic. I want everybody to be working in every class. Right. He said, what you want to call it? I said, I said, United States Percussion Camp. He said, really? I said, yeah, <laughs> United States Percussion Camp. And he said, well, so how, how, how would you start? I said, well, we could start small. I said, you know, I said, the, the people I'm going to have are probably some of my former students at the beginning. You know, we had Andrew Chancellor, we had Mike Mann, we had Clarence Williams, we had Marvin Sparks, we had Steve Beck, um, we had Karen, both Steve was just graduating uh, with his master's, and, and uh, Karen was just starting with her master. And uh, so we started out with and Pedro Ori, Pedro was in there, uh -huh. first camp. And, and uh, I have the brochure of the first camp. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have that that, that that brochure. The brochure was classic because we kept that that classic look, even though we had six, seven, eight people on the first one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we had about forty or fifty students out of the first camp. Mm, right, and it was A, A, B, and C groups. That's right. Yeah, before we went into advanced, intermediate, and in beginning. Right. We had yeah. to have multiple classes based on the need for each of those classes. We had to have teachers in this class. That's when the camp started expanding. We got over, got over 200, man. We were on our way. And it was so yeah. popular, man. And all, the good thing about the beginning of the camp was nobody wanted to participate. So Remo was big time. He sent us seven, all those drum, six, six or seven drum sets for the first camp. It was in Dugas set and six other drum sets. And, and uh, Lugwit say, Johnny, we, we drive a truck down. How many marimas you need? Blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, yeah. Plus the stuff we had at Easter. And so it started getting so big, all of a sudden the company started knocking on my door. <laughs> the the, the yeah. word got out that this thing yeah. was going to, yeah, I mean, every company, every major percussion company wanted to be involved. They wanted to be involved. They came to me and said, what do you need? And so that last camp, you know, we had 60 drum sets. Yeah, that was 1999, right? Yeah, yeah. Four rooms of 15, and we had those cut cushions from Remo to make them sound silently and all that. And and every every all the major cinema companies, Pisces, Zildjian, Sabian, they were all involved big time. 
because we had artists from those schools. And one going to be Johnny Lane with his endorsements. This was going to be a camp that you separate that. And we invite anybody who want to participate. And if we need something from whatever company, you know, it's in that product. We needed it. We started growing so fast. And so I was just elated about that. A lot of work. And it was, it was as soon as one camp is over, you start on the next one. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, I just wait, take off a couple months, man. And uh, you had yeah. that brochure ready yeah. before PAS. Yeah. Before PAS, you had to have that new brochure, all the commitments, mm. pictures, the, everything, the application, everything done before pacing. I mean, yeah. the commitments from the companies, how they're going to pay these people and all that kind of stuff. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, with all that equipment, it's a logistical issue. There. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my wow. god! Oh my yeah, god! I, I can tell you about the nickel in there, man. LP <laughs> with a whole semi truck just LP. Oh my goodness! You know, Pearl yeah. with a whole semi truck with just Pearl and yeah. some marching stuff and drum sets. I mean, I mean, we had so much. I had a crew, and sometimes campus security would call me, Johnny. I want to give you a warning. <laughs> semi truck is. I'm glad you. In the office, like five or six o'clock. I mean, you know, I could be home. But all uh, they said, they said, we just sent a semi truck over to the music building. They're going to be backing up and to, to right. unload. And I said, and I, I would call my, I said, I'll call Tom, Tom Neville or whatever you're doing. Know. Hey, 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 we got a semi truck. Get some cats together. Get some of the crew together. He said, it's a big load. It's, it's, it's a full semi truck load. Those days at the United States Percussion Camp, I, I mean, I, Got in. I think it was probably like the maybe the second or third year is when I I actually started was part of the camp and that until the end um, of it I went through it and I saw the growth was incredible. It, it was it just imagine like PAS on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, it, yeah. it, at that time, at that time, you have to think about that. I mean. You're in Charleston, Illinois. What's the size of Charleston, Illinois? It can't, it's, I don't even know that concept. What, what 20,000, 25,000 people, something like that. And just imagine, you know, you know, all these drum sets, all these mallet instruments, everything coming in. And then the, in Eastern Illinois, and, and he already explained it, and Johnny mentioned Joe Martin, who was the chairman at the time. Assistant mentioned, chair. Assistant chair, sorry. And so, he had mentioned that he was responsible for the summer camp stuff that they had. And of all the camps, initially the United States Professional Camp was like a little small camp. But by after about three or four years, that was the camp that was making all the money. Right. I think you, what did you max out? How many students did you max out in terms of student at the camp? 320. 320, wow. yeah. 320. And the staff was what? Something 37 like, in the last camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Back. 37 wow. yeah and then then it was then at that point you got into a lot of tracks we had tracks you had a track for a latin track you had a drum set track there was a marching track it, it, it was a total I, percussion sure track total, total percussion, percussion track seven classes a day right there total percussion seven these man the, everyone was breathing eating and, and <laughs> everything percussion and the night concerts and stuff the night yeah and no, the client clinics were great because there were, I mean, there were some special, really special performances during that camp. I mean, you know, wow. Julie. <laughs> Julie Spencer. Julie Spencer was part of camp. Craig Williams. Bubba, Bubba came back a little bit. Tim, Tim did one year with us. Tim Adams. Tim Adams did it the year with us. 
Lewis Nash. Yeah. Oh my God. Ruben Alvarez. Taku. Taku, who is Taku know, grew up in the camp. Taku grew up in the camp. Yeah. So it's it has, I mean, the history. I mean, it would be interesting for someone to do a book of the history of the United States percussion camp. Just because of just the number of people that came out of there and where they are now. I mean, I I, I feel privileged because I was only at East, I was probably the shortest lived student at Eastern Illinois. I was only there <laughs> one year. <laughs> one year. George Hamilton Green. That's no I got there one, I had one year of, of being at uh, actually a student at Eastern Illinois. And so I, you know, I relished that time of just being able, all I had to do is practice. Always right. joy. All this is practice. That's right. And, but I, I do want to ask a question. This is something that's very unique to you, Johnny, Johnny, that no one else has ever, I've never seen this happen. It was a camaraderie that existed between your students and yourself. And, you know, they, they got, everyone's got the nickname. So I want to ask you a question. Where did you start the, the whole idea of these nicknames for all your students? Where did that come up? It started, it had to start at Tennessee State. Okay. Because they were calling me Prof, Prof Lane. And one of my students who was a classical, who ended up being classical, played in Chicago Civic and the Grand Park and all that kind of stuff, Michael Adams. Yeah. So his name was Michael Adams, but I started calling him Michael Leroy Adams. <laughs> Why you call me Leroy? I said, I don't know. It just rang. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and that became his nickname. And then Kurt Tyler, who, who when I left, Tennessee State. He went to the University of Illinois. He was he was in, in school with uh, Marvin Sparks. Marvin, wow. I didn't know. Kurt used to talk about Marvin Sparks. I had never met Marvin Sparks, yeah. and Kurt left Eastern and went to the University of Illinois to join Marvin at the University of Illinois. But I went to Eastern. He didn't follow me to Eastern. So when I would go visit Kurt at the University of Illinois, that's when he said, "Wow, this is my friend Marvin Sparks." And so that's how I met Marvin. He was an undergrad at the University of Illinois. And I was at Eastern, and I started meeting these guys. And so uh, his name is Kurt A. Tyler, and I just started calling him Cat. Cat <laughs> Tyler, you know, even to this day, you know, Cat Tyler, you know. And, and but it was, it was Eastern. Once I got to Eastern, I started throwing somebody would do something doofus. And that will become the I mean, you know, it was just out of the blue, man. Like like Al Hornet gets he moves from downstairs where all the instrumental people are. And he goes upstairs because a, a faculty member retires and he gets that uh, vocal big old nice office upstairs. And so immediately I say, Al, upstairs, horny. <laughs> Al. Upstairs, honey. <laughs> and I, we laughed about that the other day because, you know, he's big time with this thing that's happening next week. And I said, you remember when I started calling you Al upstairs, honey? He said, yeah, I remember that. And Gary Dowden, I used to call him Cat. He was the piano tuner. He played jazz and played some other stuff around in the music department. Cat Dowden. And so to this day, I get an email from him, a text from him. He said, Cat Lane. <laughs> What's going on, Cat Lane? I say I'm cool, Cat Downer. So he's 87 years old. So I started giving names, you know, it's just started happening. And then your name came from we were at a restaurant and at one of the conventions, and all I saw was you 
<laughs> you were eating like crazy. And I said, oh, goodness, man. Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> Jaws, man. Look at this guy can eat, man. Oh, man. And, and you know, Aaron, he started talking about the abuse and all that stuff. Let's go with this. You know, Don no. Pocket is the first person to. I went to Germany. I did those tours in Germany. I can't remember which one. It must have been my last tour, 88. Were you at Eastern in 88? Yeah, just about right, right around that time, 89, okay. 89. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I stayed four, four weeks. That was when I was gone for four weeks. And four weeks in Germany, tours, clinic. Uh -huh. And while I'm there, this guy come to me, one of the professors over there at Dittmar, Germany. They, you heard of CD? CD? What's a CD? He said, you never heard of CD? I go like, no. So we pass in this big record shop, and and he said, "Let's go in." He said, "I can't believe you never heard of CD." And he gets to go like, "Oh, the sound!" Oh, <laughs> I'm going like, "Man!" And so he said, "Here's the headset," and he said, "See this? This is a comeback." This he puts it in the thing, and I start hearing Beethoven fifth. I'm going like, "Whoa, what? All that music on there?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "Not only that, but this piece and that piece is on there, on a disc." He said, yes. He said, come back this CD. It's, oh, oh. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I said, I say, he said, you don't have come back this? I said, no. So my first CDs were Billy Ocean, Freddie Jackson, Taylor Dane, okay. and Beethoven's. It was a couple of symphonies on one CD. Mm -hmm. And so when I got back to Eastern Illinois, I said, I got CDs. I don't have no CD player. <laughs> so, so Marvin, I, I tell Marvin and, and Parker, I say, Parker, I say, he say, JL, you, you just got to get a CD player. I'll come and put it up for you. So I get the CD player. Parker comes over to my house and plug it into my, my record system. And, and I remember the first time I, I put it on, my, my little kids, they were little kids. I say, watch this. I say, this little disc here. You know, it was, we had to set it in there. You push a button, it goes in. And uh, that sound, oh my goodness, all that. My kids went crazy. No record? No. This. this. <laughs> and man, then Parker said, my problem, you got to buy. You got to buy some CDs. You just got about three or four, man. So that's when I was at the Columbia Record Club. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. When I started that. Yeah. all CDs yeah. start coming in so fast, man. I said, asking Marvin and Parker, what, 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 is, what should I get next? Yeah, <laughs> Johnny, I got to ask you a broad question now because you know you've been teaching so long. Like I said, so many students and students that have taught students. What would you say is some of the most rewarding aspects of teaching? Able to capture somebody at whatever level they are, because I had students of all levels and being able to tap them from the time I get them and for all of them to accept me and believe in me to the point where anything I would tell them to do or whatever for their growth, they did it. Right. I practice mean, rooms, practice rooms were filled. Yeah, that's what you hear in sports is that a team yeah. will have a coach that has a scheme or a plan and the players need to buy into that. 
in order for had, it to work. And, and I had a plan. Yeah. See, this is the system. I'm, yeah. I'm developing this system in my early years. And I'm developing this system. And the system is working. Right. I had to take some things out. Yeah. It's yeah. not working. And I was I was good at that. Something that's not working. <laughs> I said, y'all can have it. I always call it supplementary bookkeeping. I'm not using this. Yeah. See, we we stand here, and 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 they will work their tails off, and the growth. Man, what I, what I what used to kill me was when I got somebody like John Craven or any of those young kids that come in who would just took off so fast. Their first semester, I mean, malice, timpani, and I don't think I started on drum set right away, but malice, timpani, and snare drum, mm -hmm. it took off. I mean. It was unbelievable. And then Christy, girl that I thought for 16. Christy Campbell. Christy Campbell. You I had her in the beginning. Age seven. Yeah. 23. Wow. And she was at age 23, at age seven, she played for my percussion majors. She played Connecticut halftime downfall of Paris in, in three camps. <laughs> wow. And Bubba Bryant, and she had to stand, she was so little, she only <laughs> could use a seven A stick. Her hands were so tiny. Right. And uh, Bubba Bryant and all them students from Kurt Farquhar, all my students, they were they were in the in the room. I said she's gonna play a solo, some solo for us. Had to put her on a bench so she can be higher. Because Snapdragon stand couldn't go lower. Right. And she played, and I could see the students. See, she's seven years old. She's reading these solos. <laughs> <laughs> and they just went down in their seat, man. They said, "Oh my God." Yeah. I yeah, know we're Christy, gonna be practicing yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, Christy yeah. was a little fireball. She was a little fireball. She was, she was like she she hated to make mistakes. Oh, she, she did. She, and she and she get mad when she uh, uh, <laughs> does something wrong. You know, <laughs> in a lesson. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> I can test that. Christy was a oh, fireball. Man. She was something oh, else. Oh man, boy, yeah. she was something. She she went to all the stuff with me. Zildjian Day in Chicago. She started going mm -hmm. to PAS conventions. My mom would bring her, and I would take her to all these workshops and clinics that are in the area. I mean, she was, and they would meet her. They say, "Oh man, Johnny, it's your daughter." I said, "No, no, this is just my student. <laughs> she's 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 yeah. into everything. She studied yeah. piano with Peter Hussman's wife." I said, you need, you need some piano. I'm so good on piano. Then I say, oh, that old mom, I say, you need to get her a marimba now. <laughs> they got her a quarry. <laughs> they got her a quarry. Uh -huh. I said, I got, I got some old timpani under the stage there that once you crank all the way around. Uh, yeah. I said, I said, we're not using these. I say, why don't you just keep them in your house? <laughs> so, she, yeah. so I can start teaching the timpani, especially sure. two drums. And uh, uh, man, she, she was on fire, man. 16 years with one teacher. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And there are more and, stories like that. There are a lot yeah. more stories like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as we know, no two students are alike. They're all different. Right. And right. some of them learn or they all learn in different ways. You right. Know? Right. See, one thing I learned when I, when I was teaching, I realized that you had to teach every student differently. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't tell school and say, hey, look, this is it. You, you have to learn this and that's it. I had multiple ways to teach what I taught. I had multiple ways, not right. just one way. Right. I had multiple ways. Some would go based on the student himself. 
would determine how I would say something or demonstrate something, or I have to do it differently for this mm-hmm. one too. So I, I was just, I was a teacher's teacher, whatever you call it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, it's interesting, Johnny, you know, what was the one thing, what was the personality thing that you were, you were able to identify something in somebody's personality to see, to know that they had that ability to do that. What was, yeah. what was that? But how, how do you describe it, that? It's, 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 it's a gift. It's a gift. Just like I, 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 I use it today. I just, I just know I got two graduate students that I teach here at Butler and one undergrad, sophomore. I learned a long time ago, there was no difference between a music performance major and a music educator. I was not going to change the way I teach or somebody's majoring in education and somebody's majoring in performance. Right. That's why I, I dedicated myself to produce performing educators and educating performers. Because once okay. the kid got out of there, you don't know whether they're going to teach or perform. So I had music education right. students performing. Yeah. <laughs> I had music music mm-hmm. performance students, man, teach, teaching in high school and teaching. Exactly. Teaching. Yeah. yeah. Who said yeah, they didn't want right. to teach? So you never know. So right. I can't I can't right. sit here and say, oh, you want to just be a performance major? Okay, we're just going to do this. Or you want to be a music educator? Oh, you could be a band director or something like that. People you thought were going to be a band director, many of the college professors. So you, you just never, I, I never did teach them differently okay so basically they were able to kind of determine their direction based upon you establishing that foundation of one being a good musician and they just have to be a good percussionist too right you know right right so i said so, yeah. you never know what you're going to do in life i say you right. got to be prepared yes i mean it's best to be prepared yeah. for an opportunity and not have one right then yeah. have an opportunity and not be prepared Right. You know, so you got to be prepared for any situation. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. Wow. And yeah. so if you're not prepared for it or you didn't think about it in your training, you can like, oh, man, an opportunity hit me, man. And I wasn't even ready. Right. Mm. And it was a great opportunity. If only I had. And you use yeah. that word, if only. Yeah. I didn't want my students to go around and say, if only I had listened to prop. If only yeah. I had. Right. That time is gone. That opportunity. You don't yeah, know if you're going to get yeah. that again and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. You right. know, just like the first time I met Javon. Javon wow. didn't know I was, Javon was a student of John Craven. That's right. He did not know I was African-American. John brought his students to one of my concerts and I, and I walked out on the stage and it was a shock. <laughs> but John came to me and said, pop, pop, you got to talk to Javon. <laughs> he is, he, the concert blew his mind. And I said, okay, I'll talk to him. So we after, after the concert, he came up to me and I said, hey, how you doing? I said, so what you want to be? He said, I want to be a teacher. I said, go for it. I said, because life is not a dress rehearsal. I said, you got to remember too, Javon, that there are people just like you all over the world want to be a teacher. You got to outdo them now. You don't know who they are. You got to be better than any all the rest of them. You got to know your stuff. I say, you stick with John and you move on from there. I say, you'll, you'll be able to make it. All I told. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's ironic. I mean, cause I, I mean, I can honestly say, you know, when I was coming up and, and when we met and we met at the PAS St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis <laughs> and I met with Bob and Sparks. You, Bob and Sparks. <laughs> Bob and brought you to me. He said, he say, I think Marvin said, you got to meet Johnny Lane. Right. Right. 
And, you know, and my bringing up was a little different where, you know, having grown up in D.C., all my teachers are actually women. And they were, my early teachers were women and they were black women, wow. which was kind of different. Yeah. And so to having heard, having, you know, seen, you know, you were one at that point in time, how many black percussionists were teaching at the college level at that time? You uh, count them probably all on your hand, one or two hands. Yeah. At that, I, think James, at I think James Lattimore was still finishing it up at the University of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And uh, Shayla. Shayla James and Bill uh, James. Van, Tony Van Free at Alabama State. Tony Van State. Yeah. And in the, in the hit, bigger schools, uh, Mark Sunkett, he was at the University yeah. of Arizona State. Yes, Arizona State. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. See, you. I mean, it's like, and so you had done all the studying, you had been involved with PAS. And you're walking around PAS, and I'm walking around PAS, and I'm like going, <laughs> where are they? <laughs> you know, exactly, who are they? And it's like, you know, it was it was motivation for me. It's like, okay, now I see what we have to do. And who and I see what the future is, you know. Like you said, you never turned anybody away in terms of in terms of how they do how they're supposed to pursue things, but in the back of your mind at least from what I could see and the way you're approaching it, you wanted to to progress things further. Some things have, some things have not as gone as well as I, you know, probably you'd like, but I still see that motivation to do it. I still yeah. see you motivated. Yeah, because to, I, I, I think my kids finally wrote it down on a piece of paper. I had to tell myself and my students, you got to have, I want to ism. You got to want this more than I want it for you. Mm-hmm. You want it so bad, so you can pay the price, whatever right. it takes to get there step by step. And it's and it's like stepping on a ladder, one step at a time, man. I mean, it's not a it's not a speed thing. It's not a racetrack. It's one step at a time mm-hmm. that you're yeah. getting better and better and better. And you're not only getting better, but you're getting the knowledge that you're going to need. Yeah. That's why I told my students, I say, you, you, you got to love music history. You got to love theory and ear training and all the courses you think you ate because you were really in the practice room. I say, you better learn as much as you can right. because that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. And it's going to hit you again when you get to graduate school. You have to take those exams and all that kind of stuff. Just to enter. I say, I say, if you don't get it now, you're not going to get it. I say, that's why, under, that's why undergrad was so important. At each. I say, I say, you got to get this now. You got four years, five years to get this done. I say, you can't wait till you get to graduate school thinking that when I get to graduate school, I'm practicing. No, no, they're going to give you so much work and you're not going to be able to practice like you're practicing now. <laughs> That's true. You'll yeah, become a graduate assistant, man. You you grading papers. You you working the drum line. You got to get this done and that done by tomorrow. And then you got to take your classes and then you got lessons. Yeah. And so I say, I say, you got to be so good you leave here that you can go anywhere. You know, you, you're not weak on this and weak on that. Some kids go go to schools, man, and say that I've never I never played timpani before. Mm. You in graduate school, you never played timpani. Oh uh, my god! You in <laughs> wow. graduate school and you never played even a funk because uh, you, you don't know no styles on the drum set, nothing. Right, right. So you got to try to in graduate school. You try. I need to get this together. Now you talking about getting it together? You in trouble already? Yeah, I always yeah. mention to my students is my goal is that you don't need me. After our years of study, whatever, you don't need me anymore. You know, you've learned everything. You know, you know the fundamentals, the basics. You get a part, 
you'll know how to approach it. You, That's you, right. Any circumstance you get into playing, you, you'll know what to do because you've experienced it already. Right, right. You know, right. The problem yeah, that I, I see is that a lot of them want to do it now, though. They yeah. don't want to. They don't want to take the time and practice slowly and develop over time. They want to learn it in the next day or two. This what I appreciate most. Mark and Marvin and all those students that came through here. I am so happy that we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> I am so happy. I didn't have to deal with the idea of opening my door and seeing my students sitting on the floor outside with yeah. cell phones. Right. Or yeah. walking past the practice room and going, ring, ring, and phones ring, and hearing right. people do texts, uh, texting somebody, stuff like that. People quiet in the practice room, and I open the door, and, and, and they're on their phone. I'm so happy it was no such thing as a cell phone in their hands so they can do the work that they needed to do without any distractions. Focus. It's already enough distractions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so just the idea I look at it today. Now, when my students come to me in my lessons, I don't know they have cell phones. I don't hear anything. I don't see cell phones. <laughs> but when I tell them to bring it out, they go in the backpack and they pull it out because they want to show me something on YouTube or something. But I'm just so happy I don't have to deal with that. I've never had to get on a student about a cell phone. I know if we had cell phones back in the, in the 70s and 80s, man, I'd have been screaming. Oh, you're yeah. not going to do it this way? No, I'm not going to do it that way because I was, I saw on YouTube when he did it this way. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> it's easier to oh. do it this way, you know. <laughs> Listen, and, what, and what does it take to, to post on YouTube? Well, even though, man, that's high tech to me. I can tell you. I don't well, that's, that. that's the thing. It doesn't matter who you are. As long as you can just get it up there, but it's you, up there. You get it up there. Yeah, it's that's just, right. That's right. And, there's, and, and there's, you know, our younger students that don't know, they think if it's up there, it must be good. Yeah, exactly. there's no. This must be no, the way we stick this piece. This must be the way you play yeah, this. this. This must be the way to crash these symbols, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in some sense, we have to throw it back to the past. To say in order to understand you know what we need to do to to create the i would say this new generation of students that maybe it's a more maybe we say more appreciative of things for the you know as it relates to the the tradition i mean you can always add to enhance it but you can't replace it yeah the, 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 you can't the replace foundation it. the foundation of teaching percussion remember percussion is young it, it, yeah youngest instrument out there yeah, 1950 was the first time a university had a percussion degree. University of Illinois, 1950, first school. Juilliard had percussions, but they were only being trained to play in orchestras and stuff like that. So Mike Roach went to Manhattan School of Music, couldn't major in percussion, because there was no percussion degree. He majored in jazz history and stuff like that. But he was still a percussion, I'm saying. So these guys didn't have degrees, like Big Firth and all of them. They didn't have degrees in percussion. They were just students of some great percussion, Al Goodman and those guys, <laughs> you know. Right, and, right. and when those orchestras right. needed symphony players, man, they didn't they didn't put them all on the on the worldwide stage, man. Talking about this job is open, they called Julia. They called Saul Goodman. Hey, you you got anybody ready? He said, Yeah, I got a twenty one year old kid. That's a month. That's great. Yeah, he said, Let him play with the orchestra for a month. He said, It'll be your man. He said, What is his name? His name is Vic Fur. 
Yeah, that's that's right. those times those have days. changed. That changed, boy. Wasn't no behind the curtain stuff and all that no. kind of stuff, man. No. It was like, no. you know, if you were good, your your big time professor professor who is also good, right. those people right. gonna call them those people about leading somebody. They need a trumpet player. They need a, a section player, a profession, you know, who can play this right. and play this and play that, you know. It becomes really obvious that when the PAS gave you that lifetime award for education, they were just they just held out a little longer before they actually gave you the, the Hall of Fame one because it's 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 apparent that you have a wealth of information and a wealth of knowledge that goes beyond even what I can even know, the Phantom to know or would even think I would know. But you know, it's really interesting to see. You've gone, you, you've grown with PAS or maybe beyond PAS in some respects, but what does it mean for you to now be called, you know, be considered you're in the PAS Hall of Fame? What, what, what does it mean to you? And I won't even know until I'm sitting down at that table on <laughs> November the 9th. How, how much... This really means for me, and and I haven't really meditated on it or nothing yet. It's, it's just the excitement of it and and people congratulating. But I know at that event, it's going to be something beyond what I've ever had to go through. Excitement. Can't believe what I'm saying. Is this really happening? Am I dreaming? You know, pinch me, hit me on the shoulder, something, man. Let me know. Is this real? You know, and and all the support and the people that's going to be sneaking up on me and being in that convention. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just unreal. I mean, I'm I'm just so elated. I'm so happy. I'm so. And I told the dynasty people, I said, don't you look for me to be working in no booth. <laughs> this is the year I am not I'm going to walk around I'm going to greet people I'm going to go to the concerts I'm going to go to the clinics and stuff like that I say I'll be sending people over to the booth just, just to go by and whatever and I might walk by for a minute or two I say but I'm, I'm, I'm this is all about me soak it in as a Hall of Famer well yeah. I, I know it's it's overwhelming for you it will be and it will be for a while you know, this honor of being inducted into the Hall of Fame, along with what Eastern Illinois University is doing. I mean, these are exceptional honors. Yes, they and, are. You know, to be recognized by your fellow professors, your colleagues, and, you know, all your former students, and, you know, musicians and non-musicians for your dedication and you know your lifetime achievement and all that you do is just it's inspirational because of who you are and what you've done and you just you set the example johnny you know you set the example of the highest levels in music and being a gentleman a true gentleman that we're all blessed to to have been touched by you and, you know i mean that sincerely and the work you've done here with me this is me getting to know you through abop as You've been there from the beginning, you know, every time you're there, you're there, you're pitching in, you're showing us what needs to be done. 
just by example, what you've done. So, you know, what can I say other than you deserve this? You deserve this. It's long overdue. Thank yes. you for what you do. Thank you for, from all your students that won't be able to reach out and talk to you or whatever, but I'm sure they would be thrilled for me to say thank you from them. Thank Definitely. You. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, because wow. we're gonna we'll get that Johnny Lane email, email thread that has <laughs> all of the students on it. You know, <laughs> that is that is a trademark. We know what's going on with everybody because he keeps <laughs> us in 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 line. And 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 I know that there are so many stories out there. I mean, just just the the conversations yeah. that we've had, you know, with with, with people like Indugu that we've sat and talked with, or, oh, or, or 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 Ruben, the conversations, or Julie. You know, just these are conversations, and and I know I re when it was announced that you were Paul Famer, everyone's like, "Well, when, when, why are we waiting so late? What <laughs> yes. took so long?" Exactly. You know, and so yeah. you know, because we've seen so many people that you know, we, of course, anyone who gets selected to be the Hall of Fame, they they obviously are deserving because someone has has felt like they they have something to offer, but you know. It's 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 not just that you have something to offer, or that you you offer yourself as a percussionist, as a teacher, as an educator, you know, as that motivator, as the person who is out there, you know, encouraging these band directors to these schools. You need to have a percussion program. You need to hire this person, or you need to do this. You know, being that voice that would that someone would always check. Well, you know these. Especially the the band directors of HBCUs is like, well, we, we need a percussionist. Johnny, you know anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, you are that voice, and continue to be that voice, and and so it's 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 a testament to your your how you say your perseverance, and and your and and your attitude, as we say, your <laughs> attitude. You got to, to have to, your attitude. To be able to say, look, this is the right way to do. This may not be the only way, but this is the right thing to do. And we need to take that approach in terms of the way you want to pursue things. And and I and I guarantee you, every last one of the students, and I'm included, has picked up on that, has has taken that as that's something on the mantle. It's not just there. It, we live it. We breathe and eat it. I mean. I don't think I would be here at this point in time if I hadn't had a Johnny Lane somewhere in my background to be, say, you know, to give me that call or, or to say something motivational or to try to encourage some things or direct you to uh, the right person in the industry to talk to. And and to that, because of that, many of our students now, they look at you and they go, yeah, is Johnny Lane coming? Because I think I had Johnny Lane at a couple schools. He's been in a couple places, you know, and, and so they know they're going to get that. They're not just going to get the pre-playing. They're going to get the other thing, too. That stuff that deals with life. That stuff that deals with how they're supposed to make it through and how they're supposed to pay it back. And, and I'm starting to see that in some of my students. So hopefully you're going to be around for many, many, many years beyond that. They'll say, oh, yeah, that's Johnny Lane. 
<laughs> please yeah, introduce man. me to him. Introduce me to him, please. Can't, please, can't, man. can't, can't, yeah, can't. I tell you what, tell him, uh, you better make sure Adrian has some cookies. Man. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there we go. You got it. You, that's Adrian, easy. That's got easy. to have those cookies, man. <laughs> oh man, you got it. Definitely. Oh. Oh. Definitely. Thank you, Johnny. This has been a great session. What can Thank I say? You. you you shared so much with us. We learned so much. I hope all the listeners learned a lot about you. And what can I say? We are blessed. We are blessed. So thank you, Johnny. Thank you, yes, Thank you. For giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it. Looking forward to all the happenings coming up here in the next uh, few weeks. And uh, hope to be seeing you in person. Yeah, soak it I, up, I, man. I think there's more to come. This is not it. I think there's more oh, yeah. to come. Don, man. Yeah. Let's do this again sometime. Thank you, man. Yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. Definitely. All right. It does. It's almost dinner time, man. Make sure you... <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna make what? sure I get the get my signature apple juice for you. That's man. right. You Thank you for listening to this APOP podcast, part two with Professor Johnny Lee Lane. We hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. APOP podcasts focus on sharing life experiences, learning moments, music, and a little taste of the drums. Please subscribe to our podcast and send us your comments. We are the Alliance of Black Orchestral Percussionists. APOP, thank you for listening.